Hello, dear sister in Christ. My name is Pat Domain. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries, Bible study author and teacher. And at On Fire Ministries, our mission is to ignite a passion for Christ in the heart of women and to inspire them to apply God's word to their everyday life because I believe that God's word really does work. So today I want to talk a little bit about how important God's word is for us in our success in our roles and leadership. So if you've followed my ministry for long, you know I love God's Word. I love reading God's Word. I love studying the Bible because when I read it, I know and I understand it that God is speaking. And understanding that the Bible is God's Word given to us as a way to know Him, it makes me very aware that the Bible is one of the greatest God-given treasures that we have. So sadly, it is often an easily excused and overlooked treasure. We're too busy. The Bible is too antiquated, we say. It doesn't line up with our understanding of who we think God should be. We don't understand it. And the words of Scripture challenge our status quo, making us uncomfortable and sometimes mad. So it seems easier to set our Bibles to the side rather than delving into the discovery of transformative treasures. So what once made me so uncomfortable when reading God's Word has now become my delight. I love that God is tender and loving and at the same time He is fierce and mighty. I love that Jesus came as the suffering servant to bear our judgment but then Revelation pictures Him as this victorious King of Kings bringing judgment and I love that I am deeply and eternally loved by God and disciplined by Him as a loving Father. There's so much safety and security Security I find in knowing God, yet equally, He stirs my soul with self-evaluating challenges as I look into the mirror of His Word. So as I willingly drink in the living water of His Word, He quenches the thirst of my soul. When I feast on His Word as the bread of life, He satiates my spiritual hunger, yet draws me in to long for Him even more. So today I'm looking at God raising up Joshua as the next leader who followed Moses in his leadership to Israel. Many times when I do a character study of someone in the Bible, I can see the failures of the men and the women there. And their failures remind me that if God used them, well, surely he can use me as well, even in my failures. So Joshua's story doesn't illuminate his failures as much as others. Joshua's story shows us a man who banked everything on God's Word. So how important God's Word is for our success in our roles of leadership. Well, almost every human holds some form of role in leadership. We can lead in our homes and in our families. We can lead our children. We can lead as parents or we can lead in our workplaces. But even in friendships, we lead. But we even either lead with positive or negative impact. Our roles of leadership can result in success 
or failure. And the Bible is filled with good and bad leaders. And one of my favorite character studies is that study of Joshua, whom God chose as Israel's leader after Moses' death. So in Joshua 1, 1 through 9, I just would encourage you to read that portion of scripture. And what we see is Joshua is told by God that Moses, his servant, is dead. So Moses' death was unique in that God had called Moses to come up on a mountain alone with him to die. And then God buried him, buried Moses himself. And so there's not a lot of closure there for those that Moses left behind. And I believe that is why God spoke to Joshua so clearly and said to him, Moses, my servant is dead. Then God gave Joshua the instructions to rise up and go into the land that he promised that he would give to him and the Israelites. So without God's clear communication, Joshua and the Israelites might have let mourning and fear overtake them and keep them from going in and taking and receiving all that God wanted to give to them. So can you imagine how hard it would have been for Joshua and for the Israelites to pick up and move forward? into the promised land without Moses. For years, they had followed Moses on a long journey to get them to the final destination of the promised land. How could they even think Moses would not be the one, the leader, who would lead them into that promised land. However, God ordained another man to do that, and his name is Joshua. Under Moses' leadership, he had learned some leadership skills to lead his people into the promised land. So Joshua experienced God in and through his close relationship with Moses. He had even gotten to go up on the mountain with Moses when uh, Moses met with God. So he had really experienced a lot through his relationship with Moses. So thinking about that and Joshua being Israel's next leader, Deuteronomy 34, 9 gives us two qualifiers for Joshua as their next leader. Deuteronomy 34, 9 says, and now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Joshua. So however, the very next few verses in Deuteronomy 34, 10 through 12 give us a powerful picture of the kind of leadership that the Israelites experienced with Moses. Deuteronomy 34, 10 through 12 says, but since there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face in all the signs and wonders, which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt before Pharaoh, before all his servants and in all his land and by all that mighty power and all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of Israel. So can you imagine being Joshua and having to follow into the footsteps of Moses? How do you think Joshua felt when God gave him this role and instructions as Israel's next leader? I'm quite confident that Joshua felt some fear in measuring up to Moses' leadership. God's word to Joshua and Joshua 1, 2, 
through nine only confirm my assumption. In verses five, God promised Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And then in verse six, God tells Joshua to be strong and of good courage. In verse seven, God restates only be strong and very courageous. And then in verse nine, God restates again, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? You know, I get the sense that God knows without a doubt that Joshua is freaking out on the inside. Otherwise, why did God repeatedly tell him to stay strong and courageous? And I understand, totally understand why Joshua would have been shaking in his sandals. You know, at the same time, I find encouragement that a man that we remember today as a mighty warrior leader experienced fear when God called him to lead his people. Leadership can be a really scary thing. And so far we see that Joshua's qualifiers for him in his role of leadership as first being full of wisdom. And then we see that he was affirmed by his past leader and mentor, Moses. And best of all, God assured Joshua of his presence remaining with him as he was with Moses. So he would be with Joshua. That's not bad. Now, if we look at God's instruction, uh, sandwiched in between his be strong and of good courage statements in Joshua 1, 7 through 8, we see conditions to the success of his leadership. So let me read Joshua 1, 7 through 8. Only be strong and of good courage that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So to prosper and succeed in receiving and attaining God's promises, Joshua must stay true and obedient to God's word and lead the Israelites to do the same. Now, ultimately, obeying God's word, obeying God's law would require them to know it. So one of the things I noticed when studying Joshua's story is how true he stayed to God's word. God's instructions really mattered to him. He took God's word to heart and he walked in obedience. Joshua commanded and led the Israelites based on all that God spoke to him. And as good Israelites are always did with Moses, they promised to do whatever Joshua instructed them to do. So let's remember that God's word, his instruction, his commands, his precepts should be applied to our own life as well. If God called us and gave us promises, we need to apply those same words to our lives as well. If our obedience to God's word equals our success in our God-ordained ventures or our leadership roles, shouldn't we follow the guidance and the teaching that he gave us in scripture? Which leads me to pose yet another question. How can we be obedient to God's word without knowing it?
let me just regress just a moment back to Moses. In Deuteronomy 34, we learn that Moses died on Mount Nebo alone with God. Now, in 2017, my husband and I went to Israel, and our tour guide was a Messianic Christian who knew God's Word as thoroughly as anyone I had ever met. And when we drove past Mount Nebo, he pointed it out as the place where Moses had died and told us about his confirmation as a young Jewish boy stepping into adulthood. And one of his rites of passage was held on Mount Nebo. He had to hike up Mount Nebo and recite the entire book of Song of Solomon, all of the Psalms of Ascent, which are Psalms 123-134, and then one of the Old Testament books of the prophets, and I really don't remember which one it was. One way or the other, I was impressed. That sounds pretty impressive. However, what really stands out to me is how how much our tour guide and his family valued God's Word. As Christians, most of us say that we value God's Word, but do we really? How can we value what we don't know and experience for ourselves? God's purpose behind his instruction to obedience to his word and to his law was that we prosper and succeed. Now in Joshua 1, 7 through 8, the words prosper and succeed as sakal in the original Hebrew language mean to act with insight, to be prudent, to give insight, to teach, to prosper, to consider, to ponder, to understand, to act prudently, or to act with devotion. So all of those can be that meaning. So that probably isn't how we would currently define those terms, is it? We might have a different uh, way that we would view to prosper or to succeed. Prosper, another word in the Hebrew language that we're looking at here, is a word that means to rush, to advance, to prosper, to make progress to succeed, and to be profitable. So God's estimation of profiting is so much more than our understanding. It isn't so much about money or about wealth or material things as we often tend to de define it, uh, success and prosperity. We seem to go there with it, but it's so much more than that. The same Hebrew verb that this last Hebrew verb is used in Judges 9, 6, 9, 9, 15, 14, 1 Samuel 6, 16, 13, and it describes the effect of the Holy Spirit on persons, making them powerful. Now, sometimes this same verb is used to identify something or someone as succeeding. And in one particular time, in Numbers 14, 41, Moses used that term, and it was to recognize that some actions are not able to succeed. And I want to read to you what Moses said in, in Numbers 14, 41. Now, why do you transgress the command of the Lord? For this will not succeed. So let's just talk a little bit more about staying true to God's word. Now, one of Joshua's character traits is how true he stays to God's word. God's instruction really mattered to him. He took God's word to heart. He walked in obedience. Joshua commanded and led the Israelites based on all that God had spoken to him. And Joshua succeeded and he prospered in his leadership and in attaining God's promises. So in our God-given calling and roles of leadership, there is no greater prosperity or success than the Holy Spirit making us powerful. And at the same time, God's word promised success and prosperity 
once again, not just talking financial or material wealth, as a result of his people knowing and following and obeying his word. So dear sister in Christ, I implore you to treasure and walk in obedience to God's word so that you will make your way prosperous and will have good success. Now, before I say goodbye, I want to invite you to join me on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest, and to get daily biblical encouragement for Christian women. Also, check out my website, onfire-ministries.org, where you can get free biblical resources, maybe a Bible study for you personally, or even for a group study. If you found this podcast beneficial, please take a moment to rate and review and share this podcast because it helps others to find the podcast and maybe it's the very words someone else needs to be encouraged in their faith today. Until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.